Hello, everybody. It's MJ and Scott and Steven, of course, with What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. It's great to be back, you guys. Uh, of course, with the finish of week one, our icebreaker, though, is our players of the week. Mine, of course, is Javante Williams. Horrible, well, in my opinion, horrible play co- coaching left to... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, less than desirable start, but man, what a start for Javante. 12 targets, 11 receptions for 65 yards, 7 attempts uh, on the ground for 43 yards, and he should have a touchdown. Regrettably not so. Scott, how about yourself, man? Well, my player of the week, I was going to say Javante Williams, but oh. since you <laughs> took him, uh, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Uh, low-hanging fruit, but uh, definitely led my fancy team to a win this week. Um, he had 11 targets, uh, 9 receptions. It was uh, 184 receiving yards and 2 receiving touchdowns. Oh, man. Steven? Yeah, I'm going with my guy, CP3. No, not Chris Paul. Corderell Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Great did pick. really, really well. 22 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, obviously not as big, but also three receptions for 16 yards. You got to take into consideration that Damian Williams was injured, so maybe he would have taken some of those carries away. But Tyler Algier was a healthy, healthy scratch. So, you know, I think this is a, a, a good, good sign for things to come. I think he's going to be a pretty safe flex play for the future and, and could get into that RB2 territory. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to CP3 for killing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, all these players showed up tremendously. Um, well, I guess for some, I, I guess he's, Steven, it was on your bench, but, <laughs> <laughs> but back to week one. Yeah. Um, what are, what are everyone's first thoughts, feelings? Um, who, who surprised us? Who didn't? It was just a crazy week of football in general. Yeah. Uh, I just I really enjoyed watching all the games. So many, a lot more close games than I think we were expecting. You had the Bears and 49ers, uh, Bengals and Steelers, oh. Texans and Colts. Like so many close games that I think a lot of us would have taken the uh, the spread on for those those teams that were favored. But uh, but yeah, I think I think that's just the first notable thing. You know, as far as players go. Big surprises uh, for the Texans. I, I want to, to point out that Rex Burkhead definitely, for me, is is a standout who's probably going to be someone I'm looking at on the waiver wire this week. He, uh, I, I think a lot of people moved up Damian Pierce and their draft boards, and unfortunately I think that he may not be that guy that we were expecting. I think just across all statistical categories, Rex Burkhead really took the load and uh, – yeah, I, I, expecting that he he's going to be kind of the guy going forward for them. Yeah, I mean, sheesh. I mean, people were trading him for the uh, twenty twenty three first, right? Yeah, Damian yeah. Pierce. Jeez, uh, how about you, Scott? Well, to second what Steven said about Rex Burkhead, I actually picked him up in two leagues before this week started. I'm very glad I did. Uh, I, I saw that on my bench in both, but um, we'll wait to a, another segment in this podcast before I talk about <laughs> some more. Uh, but I'm also high on Rex Burkhead now after week one. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise, 
was the guy I was most down on. That was Miles Sanders. Zero touchdowns last year, the entire 2021 season. Week one, he scores, baby. He's yeah, back yeah, in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will add that every single rusher on that team got a touchdown. Jalen Hurts, Austin to- Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> yep, they the all got in the end chart. zone. So the wealth was spread uh, for sure, but he still had a really good stat line, um, and he got you, I think it was 17 and a half points in half point PPR if you started him. So – Hey, maybe we're seeing a resurgence of uh, Miles Sanders now. Yeah, I guess, man, talk about a running back back committee that was really succeeding. Um, of course, I'm invested in, in the Patriots' backfield, and Ramondre really let me down this week. But, well, I guess that was one of the surprises. Um, I guess the Dolphins looking so polished. I mean, really, against the Patriots. They looked really good. And, I mean, I think even parts of their secondary were out. And, geez, they were just throwing mac jones off balance man all game uh what else that overtime game with the steelers and the bengals wow free football was not expecting a lot of missed a lot of missed kicks she's ugly a lot of missed field goals there especially from uh kick fearson which was surprising that's what sent the game to overtime oh Uh, to be fair the kick that he made at the end of regulation was blocked but he had missed one earlier in the game too yeah, and I mean, of course, uh, Russ's ill-fated return to Seattle ended last night. Didn't go exactly as planned. Um, I mean, just exactly what we expected from one week of football, right? I mean, we love the drama. We love, we love these extra games, extra football. I mean, that tie, right? I mean, wait, against Houston and Indianapolis. Yeah, who's expecting that week uh, one or I mean, all season? It's pretty rare. Uh, crazy and once again ladies and gentlemen that's the reason why we love football right um so that's our quick little week one recap we're gonna go ahead scoot over to uh can he woo you um and of course this is where we talk about our players that we want to take to our flex dungeon um let them stay there keep them there of course we're going to feed them keep them happy give them drinks um and then the people we want to keep away from that, the players that we don't really want anywhere near a lineup for the week, right? So I'm going to go ahead and start with mine. I'm still on the Denver hype train, baby. That's that's all that's all me this whole episode, and you'll see you'll see pretty soon enough. But uh, my uh, player, I want my flex dungeon is uh, Cortland Sutton, and I just think after a well, especially with how Michael Pittman was able to light them up. And I think I think Judy's going to have his own too, but this is going to be a real big game for Sutton. And my avoid from the Flex Dungeon this week is Michael Thomas versus the Buccaneers. Which, after watching what happened to the Cowboys, I I mean the, all that pressure. What a shame, right, though, Scott? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a rough rough game. Not only did we just look terrible, but Dak got hurt. Um, unfortunately it seems like he's not gonna be out as long as we originally thought they're saying four games now which is a lot better than eight so you know yeah hope hope for a quick recovery for Dak absolutely Dak we hope you get better man um but I after watching that secondary and how they dealt with CD um and letting no you know these smaller guys beat them instead of their big time players um I think he's gonna have an extremely rough time uh against the Bucks you guys um Steven, how about you? Who are you bringing to your flex dungeon, man? 
I am going back in time and bringing Julio <laughs> Jones. You know, Ooh, I'm yo. not quite ready to say he's back, but man, did he look good? A couple things to note. Uh, you know, obviously he had he had five targets, just three receptions for 69 yards, and a lot of those yards came on one play. So, so nothing too impressive there. But again, he hit that five target mark, which I think is important. And mm-hmm. I think something to think about is that last year between Gronk and Antonio Brown, who are no longer with the Bucks, they had 151 targets between them. So those are gone now. Mm-hmm. And you got to think about the fact that Chris Godwin may be injured again, is maybe not going to be playing as much. Julio Jones has a path to a lot of opportunity and success in Tampa Bay. He looks healthy. He looks fast. Um, I read some stats that he recorded two of his top three speeds since week one of 2020 in the game last week. Wow. Uh, So that's extremely impressive. Again, I think it's just, you know, I think a lot of people counted him out that he was, you know, in the grave maybe, but uh, like I said, I think I think we got to we got to keep our eye on him, and I think there's a great chance that he could end up being a, a week to week wide receiver too. So, uh, so yeah, bring in bring in Julio into the flex dungeon, and I am not letting my guy Michael Carter into the flex dungeon. He's he's staying out this week. You know, I think it's as simple as I usually put this, but. The New York Jets. I don't really want anything to do with the New York Jets now mm. or ever. Um, he uh, he looks like the number one running back in New York right now, which that's a positive sign. But at the same time, I think that's going to be very close to a 50-50 committee, maybe the biggest committee for the remainder of the year. I think how things shake out, it's a real possibility I think the stats between him and Brees Hall were very close, pretty close to splitting both carries and receptions. And again, I think that that's going to get even closer to being a split down the down the road once Brees Hall gets more experience and mm-hmm. exposure. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not quite ready to buy into Michael Carter, so leaving him out. Okay, great decisions overall, Scott. How about yourself, man? Yeah, first, uh, I want to comment on the two guys that you guys are bringing into your first dungeon. Uh, first, with Steven with Julio, uh, like he said, two of his top speeds since like 2020, all it took was a game against my Cowboys for him to actually show up. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what actually comes of that. But I guess it is good to see Julio Jones having a little bit of a fantasy resurgence. Uh, for Sutton, for MJ, this is a guy going into the season we were talking about you know, wide wide receiver two floor, possible wide receiver one, and now we're here talking about him in our flex conversation. So while I love that you're bringing him into your flex dungeon, it's a bit of a downgrade for me that we're, you know, even talking about him in the segment that he's following in the 20 to 30, 20 to 35 range for wide receivers. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what becomes of that. But yeah, him and Judy pretty much split uh, receptions last night. Neither one of them were the, the lead target or uh, reception getter on the team. That was Javante. So we'll see what happens there in Denver. But for me, uh, the guy I am bringing into my flex dungeon hinted at him a little bit earlier during the recap. It's Rex Burkhead. Uh, I'm, I'm high on him. So uh, in week one, he got 14 rush attempts, 
for 40 rushing yards, eight targets for five receptions and 30 yards. The guy that was supposed to be the running back one, Damian Pierce, 11 rush attempts, so three less rush attempts, 33 rushing yards, one target, so seven less targets, uh, and only six yards on that one target uh, with, with a reception there. Uh, for a guy that was supposed to be the running back one, Damian Pierce sure didn't look like the running back one. In fact, Rex Burkhead looked head and shoulders above Damian Pierce. And the thing is, the Texans led for most of that game. So if Damian Pierce truly was the running back one, they should have just been feeding him the ball to run the clock out for the second half of that game. And they clearly weren't doing that. Uh, they were giving it to Rex Burkhead. So I'm high on Rex Burkhead. I'm bringing him into the flex dungeon this week. I am starting him in one of my four leagues, 12-team league. Uh, let's go Rex Burkhead. The guy that I am not bringing into my flex dungeon that I'm stiff-arming is Curtis Samuel. Yes, he had a really good week one, 15.2 fancy points and a half-point PBR. Uh, he had four rush attempts for 17 rushing yards, which is a lot for a wide receiver, uh, 11 targets, eight receptions, 55 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. I'm not buying it. I think he hit his fantasy ceiling in week one. I don't think he's going to replicate that. Terry McLaurin is the number one. Uh, I think Terry just wasn't getting open maybe as much. Uh, the Jags were all in on defending him. Uh, I definitely believe that Scary Terry is is going to reverse the script this next week, and he's going to be the wide receiver coming out of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess while we're talking about Washington wide receivers, let's not forget about – uh, Juwan Dotson either. Um, I think similarly, he was just getting open as well. Uh, Wentz spread the ball around pretty well. Uh, all three of them caught at least one touchdown, the the three wide receivers on Washington. So, uh, But I am stiff-arming Curtis Samuel from my flex dungeon this week. Yeah, you know, he's he's actually my uh, top waiver wire pickup for this week. Mini, yeah, I- Debo mini-me. I, I definitely don't think he's anything to, to scoff off. I mean, 11 targets, eight receptions. We haven't seen him in, in a long time because he wasn't healthy. So I, I get that it's the commanders, but I think that he could play a pretty large role in this team. So I'm definitely not uh, not out on Curtis Samuel at this point. But, I mean, hey, you know, I think that's that bodes well for – exceptionally for, like, two – notoriously you know kind of mid to bottom tier teams right i think the commanders have so many weapons now can wentz deliver you know can is this the you know is he gonna actually show up or is he gonna throw it all away and then i think the detroit lions right i think they have so many weapons i I think they're in a resurgence what happens if they get a superstar quarterback this next draft i don't know exciting stuff you mean on top of jared goff (laughs) You think Jared Goff's good? <laughs> Jared Goff. He, he's he's, he's playable. He's playable. He's, he's good ahead. enough. He's good I think enough. he's definitely good enough. I mean, he took sure. he took the he took the Rams to the Super Bowl, right? So He did. Um well, great great flex dungeon choices, gentlemen, and solid stiff arms as well. As we all know, we're going to move on to on the clock, which is where we will give give each of our individuals, or at least two of the three of our individuals, 30 seconds, usually, barring the question, to answer one of my questions. I'm going to be hosting it today, and I'm starting with Scott here. 
<laughs> Let's go. Um, okay, let me get the clock pulled up right here, Scott. And here is your question. 12 targets for eight catches, 64, 64 yards, and one touchdown. With the potential of Jameson Williams rejoining the team later this year, do you think Monroe St. Brown will be able to still demand targets? And you're a go. Yes. I think ASB is the clear number one on that team, uh, regardless of when Jameson comes back. I'll fire him up as a wide receiver two floor for the rest of the year. Give me some ASB. I'm not worried about Jameson Williams coming back and stealing targets from, from him. Easy question for you. He's, ladies and gentlemen, he still had eight seconds left on that. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm personally still aboard the uh, Amon Ross St. Brown tr uh, train. I mean, both the St. Brown bros scored this weekend. So, um, back to back, too. Yeah, back within, to within back. like, yeah, it was within what, like 60 seconds, like a minute yes. of each other? Yes, it, it was, was crazy. It was crazy. All right, Steven, you ready for yours? Ready. Okay. Steven, last year, the Green Bay Packers started the season 0-1 and with a 38-3 loss to the New Orleans Saints. They came back to finish the season 13-4 and first in the NFC North. Can they do that again this year? Yes, no, and why? Yeah, I will say I'm not worried about the Packers. I don't okay. think that they are going to be number one in the NFC North. I think the Vikings, they look fantastic. Incredible offense. The defense looks really good. So I think they're going to take that one spot. But I think Aaron Rodgers, I, I, he's he's just, I don't know, he's he's got it in him and he's going to bring that team on his shoulders. And I think that they're going to do well. And I think that they could easily be a wild card team. So no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good to go on them. All right. Great. Great points all around. Awesome on the clock segment this time, you guys. Uh, great answers. Everyone, everyone's really confident about our answers, right? All right. We're going to go ahead, move on to MFK. Scott, you got it. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to sit here and introduce what MFK is again, Maryfield kill. Uh, the three players that I have for you guys this week, are all quarterbacks that are owned in less than 20% of Yahoo leagues who all got at least 19 points uh, in, in basically a half-point PPR Yahoo league this week. So those three quarterbacks are Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, MFK. Um, I think this is pretty easy for me. Uh, so I'll take this first for for me, I'm going to wow, I hate saying this, but shockingly, Mary Carson Wentz. Mm. He has historically, I think, of these three guys, been the most reliable fantasy starting quarterback. I think Ryan Tannehill has had a couple of years of sustained low end QB one, high end QB two success, but Wentz is Wentz has been more often, whether it's been in Philly or a little bit in Indianapolis. He's been a guy that you could start uh, plug and play in your lineup. So I'm going to marry Carson Wentz for the guy that I'm going to field. It's going to be Baker Mayfield, which again, I don't love, but I think that Mayfield has better receivers. And I think that offense is just going to 
open up a lot more than I see in Tennessee. I think they're going to run the rock. Um, the Titans are, and I think Henry's going to to dominate touches. And I just don't see the uh, I don't see them passing near as much in uh, in Tennessee as I do in Carolina. So with that win, a kill Ryan Tannehill. They did not look great against the New York Football Giants, and in fact, they lost, which was pretty sad from just an NFL standpoint. Uh, they had every opportunity to win um, and they just let it go. So yeah. So I'm going to marry Wentz, Field Mayfield and kill Tannehill. What you got MJ? I, I hope this wasn't difficult for any, any of our listeners, right? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say the exact same orders you do. Um, listen, Wentz, my favorite comparison to him is a uh, more off the cuff Brett Favre. I think he is a cowboy. I mean, he's going to have his Yeehaw. yeah, he's going to have his shoot 'em up games. Um, I mean, he basically carried uh, Allen towards that like his victory this week. He was one of the players and Jefferson, of course. But like, I, I did not expect a that performance that he put up at not all. At all. Um, but I think he has more upside than the other two. So I will absolutely marry him. I will field Baker Mayfield just because he has that, he has that huge touchdown upside. I mean, you saw towards the end of that game, that 70, 75 yard bomb to Anderson. Um, and then I'm going to kill Tannenhill. I mean, he just couldn't get really anything going on the past game other than their slot receiver, uh, Kyle Phillips, who's one of my rookie sleepers. Um, but I, if that's just a run, run heavy offense, Derek Henry's their king. I mean, there's no way Tannehill's going to usurp him, right? So great picks, Steve. Uh, Scott, great picks. How about you personally? Uh, for me, it was it was tough. I, I think definitely Mary Wentz. Um, for me, I think I would probably field Mayfield and kill Tannehill as well. I think it's a lot closer than you guys made it sound. Um, from I think Tannehill with um, who's the rookie backup in Tennessee right now? Traylon Burks. Oh, um, no. oh, Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. Uh, I think it's a it's good to bring up the point that Malik Willis could possibly take over later in the season. I think that that adds to my argument as to why I would kill Tannehill. I don't think I don't foresee Darnold taking over for Mayfield in Carolina at all. Uh, I think Mayfield won that battle outright in the preseason with a lot less time with the team. Um, so I think that is actually the differentiator for me. The whole Derrick Henry argument in Tennessee, Dontrell Hilliard got all the fantasy points. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was down. He was in there for the passing downs and got two receiving touchdowns. Um, it's going to be a situation to monitor. I, I don't know if it was a week one fluke for Derrick Henry, but he got less than 10 fantasy points this week. So um, I don't know if that offense is necessarily 100% running through Derrick Henry anymore. I, I, I could see some other players being, uh, being valuable now. No, that I, was 100% a fluke. I don't think that there's any question there. Don Hillier, he's not going to get multiple touchdowns. Now, I will have to season. say, yeah, the moment I know for a fact the first touchdown happened 
as soon as Henry went out for an injury check in the in the blue tent. So that was literally the next play. Um, and I mean, I mean, if if you if this was an average player, right? Yeah, you would look at 80, 82 yards. Um, that's a pretty good finish, right? I mean, but it's Derrick Henry, and we're used to seeing seeing him put up fifty two points a week at some point, you know, right. and thirty right. twenty to thirty points consistently, right? Um, so I mean, uh, great great points all around, great points all around. We'll just have to see. I mean, this is week one, right? Who knows what? We'll, uh, uh, and he's still got twenty one rush attempts, which yes. is high. Yeah. Like anything over twenty, that's what you want from your number one running back. So I, I'm just saying. Low fantasy output from what we're used to for Derrick Henry. I was happy about it because I went against him in one league, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the takeaway is that I think Carson Wentz is a viable starting quarterback, maybe towards the lower end QB1, 10-team leagues, 12-team leagues. I think for now he's he's definitely top of the radar, and he may be someone that you can play on a weekly basis. I think we just need to maybe monitor one more – one or two more weeks, but I think he's got a pretty pretty safe floor. Let me throw a hypothetical out there real quick. Say you had Dak Prescott, and let's say you had like a a Derek Carr or a Tua Tagovailoa or a uh, Justin Fields as your quarterback two. Are you going to go out and get Wentz, or are you going to play one of those other three in place of Dak? I think I'm probably going to – play one of those three yeah I'd I think probably rather spend my priority waiver move on someone else like jeff wilson rex burkhead i just i think that Derek carr i think that was obviously a horrible game similar to joe burrow i don't think we're gonna see that ma- that many interceptions i hope on a, on a week-to-week basis and obviously tua and justin fields you got a somewhat possibility of rushing upside so, so yeah, with that group, I'm probably gonna write out my bench to see if if they can provide me a floor. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I do actually have Dak as my only quarterback in one league, and and I'm probably going to put in a waiver for Carson Wentz to to fill in. So if you don't have a backup, Wentz is probably the guy you're targeting, assuming yeah. all those other guys are already picked up. Correct. Okay. Uh, who's who's next on the MFK? Uh, Steven. Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys three running backs and three running backs who in my mind are currently the number two running backs for their teams. And it may be close, but I still think they are the number two running backs. And so these three guys are Brees Hall, Kareem Hunt, and Travis Etienne. Rest of season, who are you guys marrying, building, and sadly killing mjl you take it first oh okay let's see etn Brees hall and kareem hunt i will kill Brees. i'll start off with killing Brees. um i just i think the best they're really going to be is with joe flacco because I don't think teams are going to worry about Zachary Wilson throwing, slinging that ball anywhere. <laughs> so I'll, <laughs> yeah. I, so, and, and the Jets, I just, yeah, 100% kill Brees. 
and this is of course where it gets tricky right um to me um i just i feel like etn had his chances i and he had gosh he had yeah he had one white like wide open touchdown pass that was just overthrown by him i just i want them to clean that up but after watching kareem hunt take advantage of his usage um I will absolutely marry him. I mean, he's solid with finishing what Nicholas Chubb was able to start. I mean, he was getting who who didn't have a shabby day for himself either, but Kareem Hunt was just able to eat up all that volume at the goal line um, and finishing with a, a 20 plus yard run. I mean, I That's think they great. had at the goal line, they had like a trick play where he was the fullback and they ended up passing sick. I mean, come on, they're scheming for him scheming for him too so definitely mary hunt and i will field trades for etn who everyone's still high on and i agree I, i'm still high on them too so thank you great 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 options man yeah no great great answers scott what do you got mj I, I love those picks uh, i'm actually for once going to agree uh with all three um, first time for me and scott and Brees, yeah killing Brees hall i got four letters j-e-t-s jets 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 uh, I don't like the running back by committee, especially not on that team. Uh, I do think he's the better of the two running backs in New York, but uh, going to have to kill Brees Hall of those three. Travis Etienne, you guys know I'm high on him. He was my breakout running back of the year. Still am high on him. He got double the targets uh, that James Robinson got. It was 4-2, to two, so neither one of them really got a lot. Uh, but James Robinson outrushed him. He had It was 11 rushes to four rush attempts. Uh, Robinson to ETN and Robinson got a lot of the, um, I guess, high profile runs mm-hmm. close to the goal line, um, and he got the he got the touchdowns. Uh, so for now, gonna have to fill traits for Travis ETN, Cream Hunt, man, MJ brought up some great points. I'm glad he talked about his first touchdown where he lined up as the fullback and came out of the backfield for a touchdown. I love that play. It gives me confidence uh, as a Cream Hunt owner in one league because it, it tells me that they're going to do sets with both Hunt and Chubb on the field, which is huge. Also, if you look at their passing options, besides Amari Cooper, it's it gets pretty skimmed pretty quick there in, in Cleveland. So uh, I, I do like Cream Hunt. I'm going to marry him of those three. Yeah, and I think I would uh, agree with both of you. Um, Cream Hunt looked great on Sunday. And what's interesting is that of those three tandems on the Browns, like Nick Nick Chubb is obviously the most known commodity. Like we all know that he is going to be a running back one week after week, and yet we're still confident that of those three guys, Kareem Hunt, is also the most valuable. Obviously, with Jacksonville, it's still up in the air. ETN could take over as the guy, but right now it looks to be a committee with James Robinson being the the one A, mm-hmm. at least from from this past week. So I think that is, uh, like I said, interesting that uh, even with having the no question running back one in Cleveland, Kareem Hunt still has a role for himself. So, uh, so yeah, great great points and great options. Question for you guys. Let's say that Michael Carter, Nick Chubb, and James Robinson 
all get an injury, does it change your order up at all? No, not at all. In fact, Kareem Hunt is going to shoot up for me. And uh, yeah, actually, yeah, and, and Travis Etienne. Again, I think I think the answer is the same. We're still talking the Jets, so I don't want to, to mm-hmm. touch Brees Hall or Michael Carter. Um, Kareem Hunt has, yeah. has value as a flex option right now. He's boosted to RB1 uh, territory if Nick Chubb is out. And Travis Etienne still has – first full year in the NFL. So he's, he's got again, high upside, but uh, I think also a low floor. So same order for me. I agree. Same order. I mean, easy for hunt. Cleveland has the best line in the NFL by grade. They look fantastic. I don't think you guys are wrong. I agree, but I think the gap between hunt and ETN closes. I think it gets bigger. I think it's I, I don't stretches. I, we we've I seen Krim Hunt is has been a starting run. The only reason he's not the number one running back on his team is because Nick Chubb is there. He was the number Agreed. one in Kansas City and Agreed. Yeah. But if you take Robinson out of the picture from Jacksonville this week, ETN would have been like the third or fourth highest scoring running back in all of fantasy football. So But also if he was you know, if he was that guy, he would be that guy and he's not. So I think that that just goes to say that he has not shaped out, proven that role for himself yet. Okay. I, I will to say that I think that time off, especially recovering from that Liz Frank surgery, I, I still think him and Trevor need to work, work on their chemistry again and just keep on getting reps. Right. I sure. I mean, of course this is a one game sample, right? I mean, if, if he had, if he had his entire rookie year, this would be a come, a completely different question. And I think if he had that rookie year, we'd be, I think we'd be flip-flopping on our Marion field. So great points all around you guys. Um, I think we're moving on to me, my MFKs. Um, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, a whole lot of Broncos today. Let's ride. My MFK are the best offensive players I saw from the Broncos last night. So that's going to be, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, and Jerry Judy. Who would like to go first? Yeah, this is easy for me. I'm going to marry Javante Williams, field Jerry Judy, and kill Russell Wilson. Super easy. Javante Uh, Williams, I mean, passed the eye test. He looked incredible. I get that he, you know, pretty much split carries with Melvin Gordon, didn't get much on the the running game, but I think he had what 12 targets um, mm-hmm. or 12, was it 12 receptions, 12 targets in the passing game. And he looked, he, he just looked great. Um, again, whether or not the fantasy day as a whole was fantastic. He's, he's, he's got so much potential. And again, I think if he can take more of those carries, he's going to be an unquestioned top five back week to week uh, with, with that, with that passing value. So, all in on Javante Williams. Definitely want to marry him. Jerry Judy, again, I test. Man, he can run so, so quick. I think here, there's obviously, we're not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but I think we're going to see a ton of just airing it out, running down the field, and, and Judy getting some pretty big touchdown passes. Mm. Love the potential there, which means, unfortunately, I have to kill Russ. Again, I think he's going to be a pretty safe floor to have as your QB1, but. I think as we've discussed, there's a ton of options out there and of, of this group. I, I love, love the upside of the other two. Whereas I think Russ's upside is, you know, lower ceiling, 
high floor, but 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 yeah, give me give me the other two guys for sure. All right, I Scott. Think we have our very first MFK where we all agree all the way through. <laughs> I 100% agree with what Steven said. Javante Williams, Mary, Jerry Judy Field, Russell Williams, uh, sorry, uh, Russell Wilson, kill. Uh, Javante Williams made Russell Wilson look decent last night. Without Javante Williams as a, like, a safety valve there, I think Russ would have looked not great on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm super high on Javante Williams. Have him in two leagues. He was going to be my player of the week until MJ stole him from me, and so I had to flex to JJ. But all in on Javante Williams. Definitely agree with Steven that he could be a top five back. Not worried about Melvin Gordon coming in and taking some of the goal, goal line work because that, that passing game work is amazing. Mm-hmm. He was the top top target, top reception getter in, uh, in the offense last night, Monday night. Jerry Judy, love him. We were high on him before week one. We're even higher on him now. I think there's definitely a case uh, to be made that he's – the wide receiver one, I think it's a very close wide receiver one, wide receiver two tangent, whichever way you go between Judy and Sutton. I'm, I'm higher on Judy, have been, will continue to be so. Um, just love what he brings to that offense, the deep threat, the speed. All in on Jerry Judy. Russell Wilson, have to kill him of the three. Great player. Definitely should be starting uh, in 10-team leagues. Just of the other options, not not the guy I'm I'm holding on to. Mm-hmm. All right, great. Yeah, and I'm going to have to absolutely agree with you guys as well. I am. Gosh, I just I. If they clean up just a couple things, these guys could be. It's it's gonna be fireworks. I mean, seriously, they could have had two rushing touchdowns. They could have had, based on what I'm trying to remember. I mean, it dropped. Uh, I know the tight end dropped a touchdown pass. I think one of the other tight ends was a, a foot away from scoring a touchdown. Um, yep. Who else? Gosh. Oh, the another tight end. Of course, he, he targeted so many tight ends, but his foot was his second foot was an inch in the white. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. What a what a light show that could have been, you guys. Um, but great, great segment today, you guys. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to Steven with Jukebox. Let's do it. Juke box. Juke. So this is a segment where I'm going to pull out a song that uh, that's a top hit, um, top hit right now, and you know, give MJ a song, give Scott a song, and have them compare that song to a relevant fantasy player. So we'll start off first with scott and scott's song is super freaky girl by Nicki minaj um, classic <laughs> based off a of classic uh but it is a it's a very catchy song super hot right now and uh and scott um so so for this song super freaky girl who is someone who passes the eye test from a physical standpoint so you see them out in the field and you're like man do they look good they maybe did not pop off in week one. So again, not someone who is not, not someone like a Justin Jefferson, who blatantly obvious is a monster. He got 35 points. Someone who, like I said, looks like a dog, looks like they can do some damage potentials out there. Again, from a physical standpoint, but they may just be a little under the radar right now. 
I mean, if we're talking about just straight physique and natural skill, I got to say DK Metcalf. I mean, can, can we flash back to the rundown in 2021 again? He's a freak of nature, man. Super freaky girl. Uh, yeah, DK Metcalf all the way. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I think when uh, if, if you ask most people that work or participate in the fantasy community, if you say freak of nature, football player, DK Metcalf is top of mind. So I think that's a great option. I will say I think that his ceiling is limited this year with, with having Geno Smith, that quarterback, as great as he looked on Monday night. But, uh, but yeah, I think, again, obviously, from a physical standpoint, he is, uh, he is there. MJ, your song is Hold Me Closer by Elton John and Britney Spears. <laughs> and for those who have not heard this song yet, it is basically a, a remix play off of Tiny Dancer by Elton John, just new and improved. Maybe not improved, it's just different. Everyone loves Tiny Dancer, so I can't say that. But um, this is a player who is maybe a fringe flex player for you going to the season, and now you're trusting them to be possibly your wide receiver two, running back two, or a very, very strong flex play. Okay, so it has to be a aforementioned player, Julio Jones. Um, and the reason I say that is just because of the situation. It is turned from, which was problem with the Bucks last year, right, is they ran out of wide receiver options. They, they started dwindling towards the end of the year. And and, and that's what they're kind of starting out with the, the beginning of this year with uh, with Godwin out and Gage kind of suffering with injuries too. I mean, Julio has to stand up. Um, and, of course, I just love the story. I mean, a guy who kind of, well, not kind of, um, had didn't exactly have the best year last year uh, with the Titans. And now just gets a, a chance to redeem himself and the Buccaneers need him more than ever. So hold me closer, Julio, and pop off for me in the flex this week. Can I throw in there real quick? As you were saying this, like one guy stuck out in my head more than any others. And yeah. for me, for me, that was Gabe Davis. Like definitely in the flex conversation going into the season, riding him as a wide receiver too in most leagues. In one league, I think he might be my best wide receiver. Loving what I saw out of Gabe Davis week one. So many players. I mean, uh, which I love. I mean, a lot of these players who we were mapping out at the beginning of the season who are actually living up to their hype, and of course, a couple players who aren't. Um, but geez, what a great start to the season! Um, and I guess we're let me introduce our new segment here um welcome to the fantasy flash uh scott you're leading this section what you got yeah so this new segment that we're gonna be doing every week fantasy flash uh we're basically gonna pick three games and three player matchups in those games and we're each gonna pick one of the two players based on the specific stat we're looking at uh we're not going to dive into deep conversations on these at all. We're just going to make the pick on the players and move on. And we're going to keep tally and uh, update you guys weekly who's winning those those uh, the fantasy flash bets. So the first one for this week, Thursday night football, we got Chiefs versus Chargers. From that game, more passing yards, Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert? Give me Mahomes. 
Give me Herbert. I'm going Herbert. Number two, Sunday early game. We got Saints versus Bucks. More total yards. Total yards. Camara or Fournette? Give me Camara all day. I'm going Fournette on this one. I'll, I'll go before MJ this time. Fournette. All right. Third one. We got Monday Night Football. What a showdown. Looking forward to this game probably more than any other game this weekend. We've got the Eagles versus the Vikings. More receiving yards. A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson? I'll go first this time. Going with my boy Justin Jefferson all day. Let's go. I'm going to have to go AJ. I'm high on that train. Ah, I was wanting you to go JJ so I could be the different one. But I think, I think I'm still going AJ Brown. I think the Eagles playing from behind. Let's go. All right. So to recap, one, uh, MJ and I both picked Herbert and Fournette. We differed on Brown and Jefferson. Steven and I differed on all three. Steven picked Mahomes, Kamara, AJ Brown. I picked Herbert, Fournette, Jefferson. So... We are definitely going to have uh, some differentiation in our rankings coming out of this first week of Fantasy Flash. Yeah, looking forward to be undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but great, I think, will be a, uh, this has been a great addition to our segments. Um, I hope everyone has had a great return week one of football. Um Man, what a start to the season! I, I really, I can't believe what's already happened, and I, uh, I can't wait to see how many more wrenches are thrown to our system. Right? How many players are going to pop up that we weren't expecting? How many players are going to continue, or, well, not continue, but continue to let us down, or <laughs> in any aspect of the way? Please, CD, I need something from you. Um, but thank you, everyone who is taking their time to listen to us. If you have time, please consider giving us a rating, a follow. Um, and of course, uh, I'm MJ, Scott, and Steven with uh, What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.